Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Chapman, and if there's one thing I believe, it's that you're capable of making your dreams a reality and that the world needs you to be living out your purpose. One thing I love is to chat with people doing impactful work in hopes that we can all learn something from the conversation. Not to mention, we get to apply all of that wisdom to our own journey. Each week, you will hear just that here at the Radiant Podcast. So without further ado, let's get to it. This episode is brought to you by Studio Sweden Headphones. This year, I committed to better quality all around. I love some good sound, and I am absolutely obsessed with my Studio Sweden Regent headphones. I wear them to record each and every conversation I have with the incredible guests you have on this podcast, and I snagged a pair of the Trey headphones for my husband for Christmas. He is in luck. We also have a special discount for you, Radiant 15, that you can use over at Studio Sweden to grab yourself a pair of their rockin' headphones. So I've linked that up in the show notes and it's businesses like Studio Sweden that bring the Radiant Podcast to you. So go show them some love. Hey guys, welcome back. I am glad you're here with me again this week at the Radiant Podcast. And today I have someone that I have been following forever joining me on the Radiant Podcast. I have Elise Hodge of She Is Light. Elise and I started following each other a year or two ago and have just kept up with each other in the Instagram space. She is an excellent encourager of women and totally radiates Jesus. So I know you're going to love this conversation. It's packed with business wisdom. It's packed with spirituality and faith. And I can't wait for you to meet Elise. So let's dive in. Hey, Elise. Hey, how are you going? Great. I am so glad you're here. We have followed each other forever. And I am so glad to connect and just get to know one another and hear your story. I, I am so intrigued and I'm just really excited. Me too. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, thanks for joining me. So I would love for you to kind of just dive in and share your story, how you got to where you are, how you um, brought She Is Light into the picture. Um, tell me all about it. Tell me, tell me about your life. Okay, so... Let me do a little bit of an abbreviated version, <laughs> otherwise we'll be here all day. But from, I guess, in university, so after school is really where this whole journey for me be began with She Is Light. Um, so I went to university and studied uh, uh, journalism and business. And in my journalism degree, um, I, you know, I thought I was going to graduate and be a journalist and go into broadcast journalism um, and be on the TV and all of that stuff that looked like fun to me and so I was doing my degree um, you know it, it was great it was good there was a lot of practical experience I remember in the first year or so um, uh, one of my tutors said oh you know to the class or oh, who would want to start a blog or something like some sort of online platform and I put my hand up I was like yeah that'd be cool and another girl did and I remember he, he asked each of us oh what what do you want to do and she goes oh I'm, I'm already I've already started an online magazine I was like oh my goodness we just started uni goodness and I and I just said I actually have no idea but I just know that I want to do something online and I knew that it was, you know, in my mind, I knew that I wanted to do something based on, you know, my faith and um, something for um, women perhaps, but that's all I really knew. 
So anyway, I, I kept doing my degree, went through all of that stuff, um, still have my mind set on being a broadcast journalist because I was doing the degree. Technically, after you do a degree, you go into the field. That's what makes sense logically, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I um, signed myself up for all the internships. I got in a year early for some of them with um, some of the big broadcasters, um, put my name first down, did a few of those. And I remember doing those um, doing those internships and I got in these opportunities but walking away from each of those um, internships each day feeling really uncomfortable about what I was doing and just feeling a sort of bit of not fear but just no peace um, with what I was doing and uh, I remember talking to my mom and I was like I don't want to do the next one I just don't want to do it what's um, you know I don't feel right about it she's like she was obviously quite concerned (laughs) as any parent would be. She's like, no, just do it. You're probably just a little bit nervous. Just go ahead and do the next one. I was like, okay, I'll go and do it. Um, and in this particular internship, and I was I was coming to the end of my degree actually, and everyone was starting to want to, you know, want to lock in jobs and lock in more opportunity. And I had one guy there say to me, hey, if you want to work here, I can help you get a job here for life. Honestly, just come in, come in three days a week when I'm here, um, and I'll get you the experience you need. You can have a job for life. And I thought that's pretty cool. Um, that's what you know. I should be jumping at that opportunity. But inside, I was having this sort of internal battle, going, "I don't know. It doesn't feel right to me." Um, and I, you know, came away from that particular internship you know, not taking up that opportunity, even though it felt so wrong not to, but it felt right not to as well. Um, I sort of I thought, God, if this is you and God leads me with his peace, um, that's my experience. I just can't go down that path. I just can't do it. Even though I want to do it and I can see my peers doing it, I just can't do it. So there's got to be something else. Wow. Yeah. So <laughs> that's sort of the the very beginnings of yeah, figuring out purpose, I guess, in my journey. Yeah. So, yeah. And so where did you go from there? I mean, I, I have so many questions I could ask, but I want to hear the rest and then yeah. I'll, I'll pick your brain. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't take up any more internships, didn't do any more, you know, things that you're meant to do. And I said to God, God, what is it that you want me to do? Um, I just want to do what you want me to do. And I remember praying that nearly every day because I was quite desperate, to be honest. I was doing so much work at uni, still doing that. I had about a year left, but I didn't feel like that was the right path for me. Um, and at the time, I'd had a few people sort of speak some things into my life and pray over me and um, just re- re- things that seemed random um, but that, that weren't random. I could see over time that it was a pattern of um, of God, um, God being there. And I actually read this book, which I, you know, didn't pick up intending to, you know, seek anything for purpose or anything, but I picked up this book by Stephen Furtick called Greater, um, at that time actually. And I read through that book and it just absolutely changed my perspective and brought me a lot of, um, comfort and a a lot of encouragement, I guess, in, um, pursuing the, God, I guess, and pursuing, really pursuing what um, God would have me do. Um, So, yeah, (laughs) I I probably spent about a year um, praying and and asking God what he would would want me to do. I mean, I was still doing my degree. I had um, one of my tutors 
um, you know, offer up a job opportunity, sort of an interview at a, a job um, in a media consultancy firm. So I got that job and I was doing that casually and then part-time and then full-time when I finished uni. Um, but all the time I knew that that wasn't where I was going to be forever. Um, so that, But that was good experience. It was in PR, so the other side of journalism. Um, and I remember being, I was at a Youth Alive. So in Australia, we have this organization called Youth Alive, um, where they hold youth conferences and have lots of resources and great things for young people. And a couple of years ago, I was at this Youth Alive conference um, as a youth leader. And the opener of this conference um, was all about Matthew 5. And I'm just pulling it up now so I can read it to you guys. Um, in the message version, Matthew 5, verse 14 to 16. This is all in the opener of this conference. Um, Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in this world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. As public as a city on a hill, if I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting, putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Uh, and it continues on. But when I heard that um, that version of that passage in Matthew 5, I was just really taken aback. And I'd been, I knew I had wanted to create something online um, for women and God had really been doing a work in my heart, I guess, uh, you know, to do with that over the months and the year before. Um, but when I was at that conference and heard that message, I was like, that's it. We're here to be light. And honestly, that's how She Is Light came about. <laughs> that's a bit of a long story, really. But I love it. Yeah, it just came. It was just something that I've been praying for a long time. God, show me what your purpose is for me. And I still prayed that because I didn't know if this thing was going to be, um, I didn't know what it was going to look like. But it was just this simple, you're here to be light and women need to be light in this world. Um, We need to place value on women so that they can be light in this world to point others, to point their friends, to point other people to Jesus. So that's the long and the short of it. (laughs) I love it. So I would love to hear about your vision and your heart behind She Is Light. I love the name. And it's so cool to see how God planted a seed in your heart, but it took kind of years to cultivate. So I'd love for you to kind of shed light on what that waiting process was? Was it, you know, were you on the edge of your seat? I just want to do something. Or did you just kind of go with your peace and feel kind of a peace and a slowness around it? Like what was the, you know, incubation period between that first day in class and actually launching She Is Light? That would have probably been more than two years. Um, Actually, yeah. I was in the degree for three and a half, so it could have been even three years, two and a half, three years. Um, And it wasn't like at the time when in class I was like, I know I want to do something like an online platform. It was, I didn't know if that was going to be what I would do. I still thought I'd do broadcast journalism. And then it's when that sort of path, I had no peace about that path, you know, a year or so on that I really went back to pursuing God and going, God, what do you want me to do? (laughs) What, What do you want me to do? And, um, it wasn't that he was automatic. He was straight away like, "Hey, you should start this thing called She Is Light for Women." It wasn't like that at all. Um, it was just a gentle, I guess, process. And I, more and more and more, I had this desire to create something for women. And for me, that was um, not strange, but a little bit. You know, perhaps five years before that, I wouldn't have been into all of this stuff for women. Um, But God really shaped my heart and and I was really passionate about, I guess, women's ministry and um, 
yeah, placing value on women, which I, I, you know, I always, it's an important thing, but it wasn't something I was super passionate about specifically in the area of women. So that all came about over a couple of years, really all of those desires. And then I knew I wanted to start a blog just slowly, I guess. Yeah, it was a really slow and steady um, progress. Um, And yeah, God revealed little things to me through people and through his word and just through peace <laughs> and in creativity and inspiration that I drew from other things um and it, I mean it wasn't this sounds like it was all la-di-da but it really wasn't um because I was at the same time working in a media consultancy um before that and finishing my degree and around a lot of people who were doing things in the corporate world and in the journalism world and I thought that's what I should have been doing so I was also a bit frustrated that in a way I uh, not that God would take it away from me because I don't know if I ever really was super passionate about that anyway, but just frustrated to see people get opportunities and think that maybe that should be me. Um, but I knew, I, I, I mean, I knew I genuinely had a piece deep down that that wasn't for me and that God had something else and he was revealing those steps, but it wasn't easy. Like I'd see, you know, and I'm sure other people can relate to this because you see what your peers are doing, what your colleagues are doing, what other people are doing, and you think that should be me. I'm <laughs> just being real honest. Um, why oh. isn't that happening for me? You know, they're on the TV doing their thing and they're getting jobs here, there, and everywhere. Um, and that's really great. But I'm here going, God, what what's happening for me? What's, what's going on? <laughs> I know you've got a plan, but I'm just you know, we're chipping away at this and it's taking a little bit of time. So yeah. Totally. And I think that happens in every field. You know, you experience that in broadcast journalism, but then it happens again in this like, you know, Christian influencer world. And so I I feel like that's a, a life lesson God brings me back to is that we each have our own path and our own journey and someone might get promoted ahead of me, but you know, that doesn't take away from my destiny. We might both have, I mean, we, there's room for both of us to have incredible things in store. And so, um, how do you tangibly deal with that when you are frustrated? You're like, man, I wanted that opportunity or man, like those doors opened so seamlessly for them and it's hard. How do you navigate that? Um, <laughs> with a lot of frustration and then, <laughs> no, that's not how to navigate it. Um, but in those moments where I was frustrated, I mean, most of the time I did feel, feel okay with it all, but I would just be in my own sort of frustrated world for a few minutes or so and then be like, all right, God, I know you've got a plan. Like just seeking God and praying and just asking him to help me, I guess. Um, no, you've got a plan for me. Um, show me what that is. Thank and thank you and thanking God for his plan because it's not it's not someone else's plan. You're I, it's hilarious how I I I at the time was sure that God was taking me down a different path, perhaps a more like ministry path or something to do with the, you know, pe- helping people and um, placing value on women and, you know, online community. That's so different to what I studied, although it does help. Um, you know, everything helps and everything is a learning process. But it's so funny how even though I knew that the path was actually completely different, I was still like, hey, but they're getting that opportunity. And I didn't go down that path, even though I could have, but I knew that would have been in my own strength. And I guess a lot of that stuff is going, all right, I'm learning to rely on God's strength. I'm learning to rely on him and trust in him. Um, 
yeah, and seek him in those moments. One thing you mentioned that I so resonate with is following God's peace. And that is totally how God speaks to me as well and kind of confirms next steps for me. Can you explain that for our listeners? Because I think so often, you know, a big a big question is how to hear God's voice. And um, so often people aren't thinking about, oh, like I when people talk about a gut feeling, that is the peace of God usually. And so how do you determine, you know, what, what your next step is and how long do you sit and make sure that peace is from God? Like, how does, how does he speak to you? And can you kind of expound upon that? Yeah, I I guess for me, it was, it's, it's very clear. It's often really clear when it's not, um, when, when I'm, shouldn't go a particular way. So to be honest, like the feeling of, having peace sometimes it's overwhelming but very few times it's like an overwhelming sense of peace it's more often that if it's the wrong way to go if it's the wrong path I just feel sick about it or just feel that gut feeling or that yeah I guess everyone has experienced that but you may not um but may not have related that back to God but just that no I I just I would be going against something or against myself to to do that so it's that sort of feeling when I know to stop something or to, to you know, pause and go, Hey God, what, what is the right way? Because that isn't the right way because I just have that feeling. Um, but you know, I, I, I speak about peace and I think peace for me is an abs. Oftentimes it's just that absence of the feeling where you, (laughs) where you don't feel like it's right. right. It's just sort of, it's okay. Um, and one of my favorite verses is, um, be still and know that I'm God. And that's something, um, that God has reminded me of so many times. Um, when I finish school, like in, in really big times in my life, just be still and know that I'm God, just be still (laughs) and know that I'm God, whether it's just sitting in his presence. Um, yeah. And I've, I've found personally, and it is different for everyone, but I found personally that God would just, um, remind me to just be still in his presence and his peace it's it's so hard to explain (laughs) girl I'm over here nodding (laughs) I I agree in the sense that you know more often than the overwhelming yes you know you just hear there's just a steady peace that's there yes and you move forward until you have a cold hard no and (laughs) and that gut feeling of this is not right is undeniable. And yes. I think I've tried to push through before and like, I'm going to go for it. I, that's just me. But like, it never works out if it's, if it's going forward with that hard no. And so I, I so resonate of like, I just have a peace and an ease of which I make the decision and doors open. Sometimes there's still resistance with even amidst that peace, just due to life circumstances. Sure. But you know when you have a no. And so I think sometimes as Christians, we overthink it and we are waiting for the heavens to part to have our answers. <laughs> and we have a Holy Spirit, like God already mm-hmm. gave us our tools. And so we're waiting for more and more tools and the heavens to part and miracles and signs in the sky. But like God already equipped us with Holy Spirit to give us that, you know, that wisdom. And so uh, he speaks to me quite in the same way. And, you know, it's not that I typically hear the audible voice of God. It's more the peace of God. And so I'm so with you. Yes. So tell me about your vision, like your long-term vision with She Is Light. What's it like to be kind of living your dream? And also, how do you juggle that? Like I know up until 
what was it this year? You worked full time while launching your dream. So, and, and now part time. So I'd love for you to share about, you know, your vision and then second fold, mm-hmm. you know, how can our listeners get started with their vision in the midst of still having to pay the bills and work a day job? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the vision, honestly, the vision has been evolving. It's just been ever evolving. And I don't think that the way that she is light looks now is how it'll look in five years time. I just don't. I mean, there'll be a lot of similarities, but I think that it will, you know, keep evolving. Um, but the vision for it really is to be um, is to place value on women. So she is like, is placing value on women so that they would know their purpose, so that they would pursue purpose in their lives, and ultimately that they would be a light just by who they are um, in their community, with their friends, um, with the people around them at, their, at work or wherever that is, um, so that people would be able to see uh, God in them and see his love and grace toward them. So that's, I guess, the the um, uh, the heart behind it. But the vision for the community, and I call it a community um, because that's what I want it to be. I want it to be a, a space where women can feel like they are a part of something. Uh, and I think that's really needed in this day and age. I mean, it's always needed. Uh, and there is a lot of division, but, uh, you know, between women, um, and it doesn't have to be like that. So I want it to be a place where it's a community. Now, right now it, it started as an Instagram account and that's how I attracted, uh, I guess an audience. And uh, I mean, that's what we call it on Instagram, but really attracted that community, built that community. But it's so much more than an Instagram account. And over this year is particularly where I've been making it so much more than an Instagram account or a blog. I mean, it started more as a blog where I would post, um, you know, write up blog posts quite often. And I love writing. I love doing that. But over the last year, it's or last six months, it's not so much to churn out a blog post every week. It's to be creating resources and content for people, um, you know, to be able to use. So uh, I've got an ebook, uh, and I'll be launching another ebook soon. But something that I have had on my heart for about two years, and I'm, as you can see, it's a little bit slow, slow going. But that's also ties into the fact of having to pay the bills, which I'll touch on in a minute. Um, but I really felt. God, you know, press on my heart to create an actual tangible community. And I know there are a few others like it out there, but um, yeah, but something where women can come and gather and it sounds ridiculous online, but you know what I mean. Um, I guess it's a really new way of thinking as well. Uh, because the world, you know, the online world is so global and I've been able to meet so many incredible friends who have really been encouragements to me just through Instagram and through the internet, I guess, and through social media. So I want to create that space, an actual sort of like a membership site where there is a community space and something I love doing, like what you're doing now, I guess, is interviews. Uh, I've been recording a whole bunch of interviews face-to-face, which is what I would love to ultimately do if I can sustain that. Um, face-to-face interviews, um, some workshops, a community online and some resources as well, which include eBooks and and resources. So I want to create that space and ultimately get (laughs) really sharing my heart here because this all isn't, it's on paper, but you know what I mean? It's not out there. (laughs) (laughs) But ultimately have women connecting, you know, over the internet, over uh, an online community, but then getting, being able to get women together in homes as well uh, in their local areas. So that is a long-term vision for She Is Light 
and there's so much more, but I won't share all the details yet. <laughs> oh, I love this. I'm going to be picking your brain after this episode. <laughs> um, I, I love that so much. And um, it's so neat to see that like God has used dreams and just shifted them a little bit for you. So you went to school for broadcast journalism and here you are interviewing people. Like, I love it. Mm-hmm. Isn't yeah. it neat to see... Um, seeds that were planted in your heart so long ago come to fruition but in a very different way and how God can use parts of your story that seem unrelated and weave them together into something like a tapestry you never expected exactly it's beautiful it's awesome it's you, so cool yeah yeah and the thing is that we can't always see it um, at the time but then you look back and go ah oh, i see what you're doing here god so oh really yeah cool. hindsight is 2020 but man <laughs> sometimes in the middle of it i'm like what the heck are you doing god um, but i love that so okay so um second part of that question yes. how do you juggle launching your dreams but also um you know, I think there is wisdom in not quitting your day job too soon. I think um, creative entrepreneurs, creatives, like that is the mile marker of success in our minds at mm. first of like mm. quitting the job. But Elizabeth Gilbert in the book Big Magic so helped me reframe um not rushing to that decision. And I'm thankful for the years that I worked full time, you know, so that I could fund getting my dreams off the ground. So, um, what's that like? What's that been like for you? What lessons have you learned? What would you have to say to our listeners? Yes. It's been interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so I guess when I was working full time and, and working in my job, I, I mean, the previous job where I was a media consultant, had a number of clients. Um, that was all, you know, great for the first year or two, first two years, perhaps. And then uh, with She Is Light, as I have more ideas, I mean, She Is Light, uh, I, um, I can't even remember the, year, the years now, to be honest. I go, was it last year or the year before? <laughs> Pretty sure it was the year before last, yes, where I launched it on Instagram. And it was within that year that I was, I was still working and, and whatnot and going, oh my goodness, I want to do more with this, but it's just so hard. And it was hard um, to work five days a week and have lots of clients and whatnot. Um, and then last year I had to get really diligent with my time. Um, so <laughs> I would get up, which is not like me, I'm not a morning person, but I would try and get up a few hours earlier, even two hours earlier to spend an hour or two. Even if it was just an hour or two in the morning, I found that it was quiet in the morning. It was easy to focus, grab a coffee, grab some food and and just sit at my computer and do a bit of work, um, whether that was writing or whatnot. So I learned, uh, you know, whether, whether it was morning or night, I learned that, you know, um, I guess being diligent in that. And actually you have to, you, you know, you might be tired and whatnot. And it's not to run yourself into the ground at all. And everything has its place. And I also was newly married at the time. So it's not to run yourself into the ground, but it's having those time slots. Like you put, I put in my calendar and I'll be the first to admit I'm not the best at organization Uh, but it'd be like you know (laughs) Monday night and Wednesday morning for example those are the times that I work on it and I didn't overwhelm myself with that I was like two hours on Monday night two hours on Wednesday morning and then you know if I want to work on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon that's cool but in the week to put it around my work schedule because I and as I was going through work and um, I had more ideas for She, She Is Light I was I found it really hard to focus at work and I know and I'll say this because I know that other people might deal with this as well especially if they 
because when you're passionate about something else, honestly, I think about she is like 90% of the time. <laughs> okay, right. could be inaccurate, but I would get really distracted at work and I like this is just just real honest it was hard to actually give my give 100% at work and um this is toward the end of last year not throughout the whole job but as I had more ideas as she's like last three or four months of being at my full-time job it was hard um so that was when I guess I thought I can't be doing this full time because I need space to be able to work on she's light I'm gonna go crazy (laughs) Right, um, but I had someone um, offer me a part-time job, uh, which sort of came out of the blue. So I, I, I was going to start looking for part-time jobs, but I had someone offer me one, and I decided to take that up because I knew that I <laughs> had to spend more time on Cheers Light. And the interesting thing is, I, I mean, they when they offered me this job. Um, it really was a God thing because it was at a similar pay rate to what I was getting full-time but to work part-time. So that was crazy. Um, and they, But they did say to me, hey, also like just before I took the job, if you want to work full-time, you can work here full-time if you like, but I thought you just wanted to work part-time. And this opportunity to, if I was to work full-time, I would have been getting a huge amount more full-time than I was at my previous full-time job. But wow. for me, that was sort of black and white because I was like, no, I want to focus on She Is Light. Um, so I'll take the part-time option. That'll work for me. I don't want to know about the money that I could have. I don't want to even go there. I just want to be able to work on what I want to work on. Um, so, yeah, I guess uh, then I went into this this part-time job and it's it's been good. It's I can't complain, to be honest. So there's nothing to complain about. Sometimes work is just work and I if anyone else is going through that feeling where they're really passionate about something and they find it hard to focus at work, like I know, (laughs) and there's nothing wrong with you. (laughs) I think it's important to be diligent at work and to focus. And I think it it can help a lot when we have allocated times outside of work where we know we're going to be able to do our work on our passions and and our dreams, um, so to speak. So for me, that's, you know, there's two full days in a week where I get to do all that I want for She Is Light or any other work. Work that I do and then I go to my job three days a week and that's when I work <laughs> but I'm still not yeah I'm still not perfect <laughs> with that separation. Hey, I don't think any of us are but um, you're right having designated times batching your work so that you can knock it out in a faster manner and how kind of God to be able to line up something for you to open doors to make way for your dreams to make the same amount of money in less time to give you room and time to focus on your own dream because I know that you know mental space is a huge uh priority for me like I I do not have the mental capacity to create if I don't have space and Mm. room to do it and so having that in my schedule is really important and in the seasons where I have had my schedule packed to the brim creating gets put on the back burner it's just you know a reality and so I i love that you're having time and space opening up in your schedule for that. And I have just made space over the past, um, month or two and really been reprogramming, reprogramming myself over the past year of how to slow down, create that space. And man, I have seen so much innovation and creativity Mm. come back. I've been writing again. And so one thing I'd love to ask is how did you juggle so much in your first year of marriage? Did you, do you feel like you did it well? For me, 
I feel like I did not do it well. And here I am three years into marriage, really actively. Like I think, I think hustle is important in the startup phases of anything. And it's just inevitable. But at some point you have to create like a healthy pace. And so did you start out at a healthy pace? Like how are you doing with that? Because that was a <laughs> learned lifestyle for me. I have always been probably similar, similarly to you, a go, go, go person. Um, want to pack my schedule to the brim. Feel I feel like if I have, I have felt like if I have a few hours spare that I better be doing something that I can't watch TV or Netflix, that would just be a waste of time. Um, so yes, when we were first married, I guess the first while it was fine. I wasn't you know, killing myself with She Is Light or anything else. It was more just keeping going on Instagram and getting it off and sort of experimenting with it all. But then the next year, um, for about four, four months, four months or so, I also decided to um, create an Instagram course and I was doing She Is Light. <laughs> it was crazy. And yeah. I was for maybe three or four months, it nearly not every day but a good few days a week I was basically killing myself um, with work going to work coming home working till 11 p.m sometimes 2 a.m for a few weeks that was crazy I don't even know how I sustained that because I need sleep otherwise I'm so grumpy um, and I knew that was for a couple of months and I knew that that wasn't going to last um, that was to get some things off the ground and I mean it, I don't know. It's, I don't think it's bad for a little bit of, of time to work really hard if that's what you've got to do, but it's definitely not sustainable for very long. Um, so I sort of crashed after that <laughs> at the end of last year. And that's also when I resigned from my full-time job and got a part-time job. So God was very kind with me. Yeah. Um, and I've learned a lot this year, like what you're saying, I think something very similar. I've just learned to slow it right down. And even though I'm working part-time and I'm obviously itching to get out of this part-time job, I'm thankful for it and honestly have learned a lot about um, just being able to enjoy life and to being able to put the computer away at 5 p.m. whether um, you know on the days where I work on She Is Light or my other work um, and to be able to spend time at night with my husband Brad and to be able to yeah have a life. <laughs> So God, how, yeah. have, how have you been changing your lifestyle this year? Have you found anything particularly helpful, any good reads, any, anything that's helped you kind of create a healthy pace? Um, and have you found, I've found this when I, sl it's kind of like the concept of slowing down to speed up. After I slowed down, I had a lot of momentum in my business because the time I was spending was maximized, not spread too thin. Kind of the concept of going narrow and deep versus wide and shallow, you know? Yeah, I agree. I've definitely um, experienced that this year. Um, yeah. So some of the, I guess some of the things that i have taken more time to do and we also moved moved um, back to the Gold Coast we were in a city called Brisbane which is more of a city it is a city and here we're closer to the beach it's still a city but smaller so I when I came back to the Gold Coast and we live 10-15 minutes from the beach I was like oh my goodness I will never ever take the beach for granted again no I'll never take it for granted again <laughs> so probably a few days a week go for a walk down by the beach um 
just sit by the beach, spend time listening to music or just lying there listening to the beach. It's beautiful. Um, talking to God, walking with friends, that sort of thing. That was really good for me because that's something I can enjoy. And especially on the days where I don't go to work, if I do that in the morning, it's a great way to get the day started or at the end of the day to relax. So making space for those sort of things that I enjoy because I'm not the sort of person to sit down and enjoy watching a TV program. That's not what I like. And this year I've been thinking a lot about that because my husband, he's different. We're all different and it's okay. (laughs) And he loves doing that. He loves watching TV. He loves watching shows and YouTube and that's how he unwinds. But for me, I actually need to go and be in nature. (laughs) So I've been spending a lot more time doing that and that's helped to, you know, relax, be relaxing and to, uh, and also spending more time by myself, which I am not one to want to do either because I'm very social and love being around people. But that's where you know, I can actually make room for God to speak with me, speak to me and to hear his voice and to hear, you know, leading in certain things. Um, so that has been great. Um, and I'm losing my train of thought. <laughs> I totally resonate in the sense that, you know, I don't necessarily unwind watching television either. I do like to fall asleep watching something, but there is no way I can sit down at six to watch TV for the rest of the night. I would rather like work or do something, uh, go out and about with my friends or my husband. And so, you know, a way I unwind, I'm, I'm obviously, I'm trying to carve out time to sit on my porch each morning or in the afternoon and read and just be with God. And then I love to go on walks with my husband. Like I like activities. And so, you know, it, it is hard. It was hard for me to make the shift into resting. And I still fall into, if I'm bored, I'll go work on something. But I'm, I'm trying to not default to that. I totally understand. And in, in this year, I couldn't sit still to save my life. And so this year, particularly, I would go on like a drive every day because it was the only time I could just relax and be. I was just so... Um, wound tight. I don't recommend that because you get new brake pads and tires earlier than you probably should (laughs) as I'm learning this month, but it is what I needed this year. And it was a solution that worked for me. And so my time with God was often drives this year because I couldn't, I just wasn't at a place where I could sit still and it, it wasn't healthy, but at least I was having that time and that, that space in my day. And so, um, definitely, Definitely working on it. It's a process. And uh. I like, I like, sorry to butt in, but I really like what you were saying before about going narrow and deep. Um, and that's something that I can really, really relate to is having um, allocated time to go deep and to get stuff done uh, and then to be able to enjoy the other time instead of, you know, mucking around and spreading, you know, spreading time, spreading your work over a lot of time. I find it, I work much better when I have a few hours just to get stuff done. Um, so yeah, that's a good way of working. <laughs> yeah. Those, those batching my work has been pivotal for me because I can just like crank it out when I've got, you know, a window of time to get stuff done. If I have too much time, I start dragging projects out into long, tedious things. And so for me, small windows of like, let's just do this. I need to get it done today. It it really helps me um, work at a healthy pace and get stuff done in a timely manner and then be able to enjoy life. I love, you know, working in 
in batches and then having a friend come into town and being able to take four days off just to hang out. Like that is such a great joy to me. And, and one of the best parts of working, you know, on my own time, like that really makes me happy. So if I need to be disciplined for two days and and crank out 10 hours worth of work to be off for four or five, totally worth it. Yeah. That's great. So, so what have you learned on this journey? Have you, do you, have you had mentors? Have you built a communal, a community locally? I know you've moved this year. How have you stayed encouraged and filled up and motivated? That's a good question. (laughs) So honestly, I hadn't really had many or any mentors, people who are older and wiser, I guess. Um, You know, it's been something that I've been asking God for for years and seeking out. Um, And I hadn't really had that until probably a few months ago, actually. Um, There's an amazing lady who um, is now my pastor and, and one of my pastors, and she uh, you know, had recently been going to a new church, but before we even went to this church and she was someone who I really admired and she'd reached out to me on Instagram, which is just hilarious. Like, you know, when you think someone, <laughs> you think someone would have no time for you. So one of my friends a year ago, I was like, why don't you reach out to that lady? If you really admire her, I'm like, oh no, no, she wouldn't have time. She's so busy. And a few months ago, I, you know, I hardly knew her, but she knew of me. But she reached out to me on Instagram and said, hey, I love what you're doing with She Is Light. Do you want to grab a coffee? And sort of that was real a real godsend. Um, she was a real godsend. So having that person in my life has been really, really great lately to know um, that I am supported and to have someone there who I can feel, um, who I can uh, know that I can trust, I guess. That's something that's really important um, because you can't just trust anyone with things on your heart. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, yeah, you can't just trust anyone with with the things that are in your heart. It's important to I guess know where that person's coming from and and that sincerity and that they're genuine and and that they do know what they're talking about when it comes to life and have walked a few miles ahead of you so that has been awesome lately as someone who is a lot older than me Um, but over the last couple of years it's really just been a community not necessarily here locally to be honest it's been other women around my age who I've connected with online who have been just amazing people to bounce ideas off and we all bounce ideas off each other. Just a few different people who we catch up with, you know, on FaceTime. They might live in other cities in Australia or live in the US. So that has been really, really wonderful to actually connect with like-minded people because a lot of my friends, to be honest, they don't, uh, I mean, friends here locally, they don't get what I'm doing. They're doing their own thing and that's fine. Um, But it's important to have people who are actually sort of in the area of work that you are and who get it <laughs> to encourage Absolutely. You. Yeah. It, it, um, having just a support system, because again, most of my best friends are amazing, but they're not in my, my sphere. And so they don't always even know how to relate with some of the things I do each day. And so building that community of people who kind of get it, who are in the nitty gritty with you, Oh my gosh, it's so encouraging because the days where you feel like you are drowning, you have that person to be like, hey, what what did you do when you had to navigate this? And it's like, oh, okay, like someone gets it, you know? I think my parents don't even get what I do sometimes. <laughs> so it's so nice to build to have this online community of people where you can connect and be like, oh, 
someone gets me. <laughs> yeah. And man, mentors have been so, um, so key in my life. I'm so thankful to have um, met someone pretty shortly after moving out here to Colorado because I had so many women speaking, speaking into my life in Tennessee where I grew up, but then I moved across the country and I'm like, oh my gosh, I need someone with like 20 to 30 more years under their belt than me. And I think that is so valuable because often at 27, we think we've got it all figured out and there is so much to learn. And so (laughs) I love having someone with perspective. Absolutely. um, Able to speak into my life. And then I have some business mentors who do have 20 or 30 years or even 10 under their uh, are ahead of me in that matter who are online and that's been really valuable too like it doesn't have to be in in your in your town so yes i i love asking that question because i am you know such a fan of accountability and having someone speak into your life and kind of mentor you so um before we go, though, I would love for you to tell our listeners about your ebook, about your upcoming ebook, your course, all that jazz, so that they can kind of check out what you're doing and support you. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> so, the ebook that I currently have out is called Be Light. So, it's just a really simple 30 day devotional um, for young women, um, for women like you and I, it never, you know, goes through things that we all navigate as young women, everyday stuff. Uh, it includes practical actions. It includes scripture. It includes prayers. So you can find that one at sheerslight.com in the shop. That's just a really practical e-devotional. And I have one that's coming up very soon that tackles the lies that we all face as young women. And this is one that I wanted to create before I created the other one. <laughs> but, you know, this one's been on the back burner because I feel like it's a bit, it's a bit of a, a, a more, it's really quite going to be in-depth um, and I want it to be, yeah, it's really special, I guess. <laughs> so this one's going to be tackling the lies that we, that we face as young women, um, tackling that with the truth. Tackling, tackling that with scripture and what God says about with us, about us. So you can keep an eye out for that one. That will also be at sheislight.com in the shop shortly. Uh, and in the meantime, if you want to keep up to date with everything She Is Light, you can grab um, my free purpose guide. So it's five steps to finding purpose, which is something I'm so passionate about and which we've shared a bit about on this podcast. Uh, you can find that at sheislight.com as well. And then you'll be on the email list. So that'll be great. And I do run an Instagram course. I feel like I'm rabbiting off all these things here. (laughs) Uh, I run an Instagram course as well, which is separate to Shears Light, but all of those sort of resources can be found at elisehodge.com.au for Australia. And then the Shears Light community will be coming up soon. So if you're on the email list, you'll be kept up to date. But that's the roundup. (laughs) Hey, I love it. And we'll link it all up in the show notes so our listeners can find you and support you and be a part of what you're doing um, because I have so enjoyed following along with what you're doing. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Hey, don't go yet. I would love it if you go over to iTunes right now and leave a review. I love hearing your feedback and it really makes a difference in getting the Radiant Podcast name out there. And while you're at it, why don't you subscribe and then share this episode on Facebook or Instagram or wherever your social media platform is of choice. Lastly, I'd love to keep up with each other. Come find me on Instagram at Kels Chapman and let's get to know each other.
It's not every day you have to replace a water heater, more like every 10 years. The Home Depot can help with a wide selection of the latest models from Rheem and a helpful online water heater buying guide to help make choosing the right Rheem easy. From gas to electric, tankless, even smart models that can spot a leak before it happens. Water heaters have come a long way. You don't have to. Go to homedepot.com to find the latest Rheem water heaters and helpful answers and advice from our water heater buying guide. Only from the Home Depot. How doers get more done. It's not every day you have to replace a water heater, more like every 10 years. The Home Depot can help with a wide selection of the latest models from Rheem and a helpful online water heater buying guide to help make choosing the right Rheem easy. From gas to electric, tankless, even smart models that can spot a leak before it happens. Water heaters have come a long way. You don't have to. Go to homedepot.com to find the latest Rheem water heaters and helpful answers and advice from our water heater buying guide. Only from the Home Depot. How doers get more done.